Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week, we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry, and today we're taking a look at how one news membership exploded over the last six months. Joining me today on Skype is Marielle Richards, Head of Partnerships for Gaudem, an independent British online and print magazine. Over the last four years, the publication has amassed a big community of followers by giving a platform to perspectives from women and non-binary people of colour. So when it launched its membership in March this year, which it had been planning for some time, people came flooding in to sign up. Those funds proved crucial at a time when digital ad revenue vanished due to the coronavirus pandemic, causing brands to stop advertising. But of course, during this time, the world was not just reckoning with COVID-19. The Black Lives Matter movement deeply impacted its readers and its editorial team. Such was the response, Gaudem hit its end of year target half a year early and now has more than 2,000 members signed up. Today, we're going to dive into what the success of that membership means for Gaudem now and in the future as they look for long-term sustainability. One of the joys, of course, when working from home is the unexpected background noise, so apologies for some of the interruptions you'll hear today. But before we jump in, here is something to put into your diary. As well as great editorial content, journalism.co.uk provides media training for journalists, editors and other media professionals. On the 5th of October 2020, we are running a Storytelling and Engagement Techniques Masterclass led by David Atkinson, an established freelance journalist with bylines in The Telegraph, The Guardian and The Daily Mail. For this course and all the other great courses we run, head over to journalism.co.uk forward slash courses. Marielle, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for taking the time this afternoon. No, no, likewise. How are you finding the working from home situation at the moment? <laughs> it's um, it's interesting. I kind of started off, I think, as as most people did, quite excited about the idea of working um, from home and not having to commute. But now it is starting to grate. <laughs> <laughs> and slightly longer lions, right? Yes, yeah. So just, but but just slightly. I I um I live about a a fifteen twenty minute walk from um our office, so the kind of commute saving has hasn't really impacted me a huge amount. So I don't even get that much of a lion. One of the interesting things that we saw at the start of the lockdown was that Gaudem introduced um this new membership uh, as part of their as part of their model. Um, As I understand it, this was something that had been in the planning for a long time Mm. and not necessarily a reaction to sort of the coronavirus pandemic and COVID-19. Yeah. Um, So can you explain to me a little bit about why you decided to introduce this membership and why that seemed like a good uh, direction that the uh, publication wanted to go in? Yeah, of course. So when um, when Liv and I were kind of starting um, the planning for 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 Gaudem 2.0, as we call it, Gaudem, where we exist as a kind of fully fledged media company. Um, we were super conscious of the fact that media organisations rely on advertising um, for pretty much all of their revenue. And because of the type of content that we publish on Gaudem, because of the mission that we have, it makes that a very difficult line to walk, working with advertisers, working with big brands um, to fund the journalism that more often than not calls them out and kind of tries to hold these organisations to account. So 
we needed to figure out a way of generating revenue separate from advertising. Um, and looking at, at the marketplace and looking at how other media organisations were functioning, we thought a membership model would be a great way um, to go. It was never the thing that we wanted to launch with, um, but it was something that we we considered as evolving into once we'd kind of got ourselves up and running. So yeah, it's kind of been in the planning for just over two years now. Um, we started the real proper kind of production planning um, in the last quarter of, of 2019. We started filming all of our membership videos um, and all of the promo artwork that we were going to use was being produced. And we were just taking our time trying to finesse what the membership offering would be, how we were going to tier it, which partners we were going to work with to facilitate it, um, what kind of payment um, systems we were going to have in place. And then we were taking our time and then the pandemic hit, <laughs> um, which meant that we we lost a fair amount of advertising revenue in a really short space of time. Um, over the course of maybe like three weeks, um, we saw basically the the next two quarters of, of, of income just disappear, <laughs> um, which was terrifying. Um, I imagine lots of media organisations were in a similar position. You know, you rely on advertising for the for the main um chunk of your of your revenue and advertisers just weren't confident they were terrified as many people were about what was going to come with the pandemic so yeah advertisers just kind of stopped with us and it meant we had to accelerate the membership model to stay afloat hmm. it must have been sort of I, I don't know if this is good or bad phrasing but sort of a happy accident that the membership mm. happened when it did right yeah it was it was good that we had managed to do all of that prep work ahead of time I think you know we we had insulated ourselves by giving by giving ourselves um, so much of a runway in terms of like producing the assets and and planning everything out in the end of 2019 it meant that when um, it came to launching the membership model in March we had all of the assets already we'd filmed all of the membership model videos already um, we could kind of produce assets um, and edit down assets safely without having to ask people back into studios or to refilm things or you know get together for brainstorms we could do all of that remotely um, so yeah, it was good that it had kind of, all of the prep work had happened beforehand. It meant we could be really quick and agile and launch right when we needed it. Um, and really kind of, uh, capture people's attention and make sure they were aware that, you know, m the media was in danger at that point and especially young independent media like Gowden. Mm. And how's it going? It's been sort of what, five months since, since it launched. Mm. How's it been? Yeah, it's going well. It's going well. Um, it's been a bit of a wild ride. <laughs> when we first launched it in March, we were really pleased. We, we hit the targets that we'd set ourselves. Um, we started off with a target of 600 members and then 900 members as a stretch target. And we achieved those um, within the kind of first five weeks of um, the membership model of being live, which was great. But that was in no way kind of enough to sustain the organisation um, as it was. So we have stretched, we had stretch targets in place. And over the course of may and june we hit those um i think we hit those significantly because we were in the public eye um, more than we were used to um towards the end of may with the increased awareness around black lives matter um following some of the the murders of, of black people at the hands of the police in in the states of course that's an, an enormous context which explains this this boom um what was your kind of end of year target for the membership we were we were aiming for two thousand members by um by the end of the year um and we hit that by the end of May, <laughs> um it was a funny it was it was funny we kind of we've spoken about this but it is um it's an odd feeling to have um 
that we were able to increase our membership um, roster so quickly. Um, it's incredible. We're so grateful for the amount of support and um, awareness that our community drove um, our way during that, that week-long period following the 28th of May. But it is a difficult one because, um, you know, we have to reconcile these, like, tragic events um, and the trauma that our, our community was going through with, yeah, with this, like, increased um, support and revenue that we got. It was such a relief for us to know that, you know, our community was rallying around us and they respected the way that we were reporting on um, what was happening in America and then what was happening in the UK. But it was also difficult and, and frustrating for our editors and for our writers to know that this attention was coming only at, at the most tragic times and only at the most urgent times when they have been doing this work and, and reporting on this and, and advocating for change for years and years and years. So the boom was so significant, you hit your end of year target half a year early, if I understood that correctly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. Yeah, it was one of those. I actually was away. Um, well, not really away. I was locked down away, aka having a couple of days off. Um, <laughs> um, that weekend, I'd, I'd um, booked myself a couple of days just to kind of recharge. And my email address was the one connected to the <laughs> membership um, payment software that we were using. So when I returned to work, well, when I was checking my emails kind of naughtily, um, even when I was off, it was just like thousands and thousands of emails just coming in. Um, coming through like a torrent, right? Coming through like a torrent, like literally a torrent. There was mm. one day where I think we had about 700 members subscribe in, in the course of one day, which was incredible, absolutely incredible. And like, we were so grateful for it, but it was incredibly overwhelming um, because it meant that, you know, we realised right then and there that we had, well, we already had a responsibility to our community to make sure that we were reporting on what was happening. But then we realised that actually, for a lot of people, we were the one source of um, of news and content that they felt they could trust to produce kind of qualified um, and thoughtful and insightful uh, journalism around this. They they were coming to us for a very specific reason and the time frame in which people were signing up and the volume with which people were signing up was indicative of that. It, it showed that, that people wanted to hear from us around this topic. Um, which for our editors who did an incredible job um, publishing really important content around Black Lives Matter was a huge responsibility and a huge weight that they took on very, very quickly. Um, but it, it, it is difficult. We're, we're really, really pleased with the way the membership model is going. But what we now need to do is make sure that people are aware of Galdem as a publication that supports these voices and these causes all year round, not just in moments of, of tragedy or, or, or urgency. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's a funny one. We're really happy about the fact that the membership model has, has done so well, but we're also feeling the pressure. <laughs> of course. Um, thinking about just what this has meant for you um, at such a difficult time for the media industry, how bad was the disappearance of digital ad revenue for you? Mm. It was it was very scary. We lost around £60,000 worth of revenue Um over the course of of literally a couple of weeks and it 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 probably would have been more if we hadn't um um been really on the ball with some of our clients and make sure that we had really robust contracts and um plans in place um you know there were things that we'd begun production on and launched that clients were asking us to to take down and to be refunded for so it was really, really, really difficult. Um, and for us as a small organisation, you know, that's £60,000, that's not an insignificant amount of amount of money. I think 
you know, for many independent media organisations, that's a fair few months runway. And for us, it was it was um, it was around three months that we were looking at in terms of our in terms of our runway um, separate to, to like income that we knew was coming in. So it was very scary. Um, and it did mean that we had to very quickly um, adjust. Thankfully, we had um, the majority of our editorial team on PAYE contracts um, from January in the year. So it meant that we could rely on the furlough scheme to make sure that their jobs were protected um, and that they could kind of they were still earning even if they weren't in the office but it meant that for the staff that were staying on um, in 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 full-time work or in part-time work with Galdem and not being furloughed it, it meant that for them the pressure was really on they were working with fewer um, people around to support them less money in commissioning budgets because we had to we had to slash our commissioning budgets pretty heftily um, and they were dealing with content that was more draining than the usual you know they weren't just covering um you know racism and and injustices as as our politics section usually does they were also covering what the effects of a pandemic were having on our community and as we cover and we support women and non-binary people of color um we were really aware that our community was being particularly hardly hit by the pandemic and we had even more of a responsibility to be there and to be present for them even if we had a lot less money to do it with. Is it an exaggeration to say that the membership has kept Galdem going and, and saved you? Um, I wouldn't say it's an, an exaggeration. I think that um, it's definitely meant that we can bring commissioning budgets back sooner than we would have. It's meant that we can bring staff back um, from furlough sooner than we would have. Um, we have we, we had enough in our runway to kind of keep us going until, until the end of the year. But what the membership model has meant is that we can make sure we are fully staffed. <laughs> during that time and that we can you know restart our we have a massive responsibility to um, our community in terms of commissioning because we are an organization that takes a huge amount of pride in supporting new voices supporting the voices that are otherwise underrepresented so it was incredibly difficult for our head of editorial to have to cut um, her commissioning budgets because you know for, for many of our writers that is a hugely important space for them that's a, pl- a place where they know that they can be published to write about what they want to write about at such a crucial time yeah yeah at such a crucial time exactly so the membership model bringing in um that extra revenue has really helped in terms of sustaining the commissioning budgets and bringing them back to a normal level at the end of the summer mm. have you seen any sort of recovery in the market in terms of advertising coming back to you recently yes slightly um we saw the expected kind of pickup in attention around pride in june and i think also following um you know the wake of and and the increased awareness of of black lives matter during that time i think a few advertisers and brands where they would have been nervous to to spend marketing money realized at that time you know they needed to do something and they wanted to support us not necessarily in terms of advertising but in making sure that you know we were publishing what we needed to publish and that helped a lot um i think even though again like the membership model it was a bittersweet moment i think that the market is slowly returning um but very very slowly um we're still seeing uh, briefs come in for for much smaller amounts of money than we would have expected uh, prior to the pandemic, so it's definitely changed the way in which we need to plan um, financially for the future, um, because I don't think that we will return to whatever normal was. Um, you know, this time last year, I think it will be a a good few years before um, advertising in in magazines, especially independent magazines, um, returns to 
to the kind of healthy levels that we were seeing last year and the year before. Mm. So this, the boom in membership you've seen, what does that kind of mean for you in the long term? And, and does it kind of really change your thinking in terms of other parts of your business model and how much importance you place on other parts of your uh, revenue streams? Yeah, definitely. Like the membership model has has completely changed um, the way in which uh, we forecast uh, at Galdem and it, and it will continue to, you know, the, the reason that we launched it is we wanted the membership model to become our primary source of income. Um, as much as a, a kind of like, you know, huge, ambitious pie in the sky idea that is, we do want the membership model to be the way in which we support our staff and our writers. Just because, um, you know, as I've said, the way that we work at Galdem is inherently political and the content that we publish often does criticise capitalist structures and criticise brands um, and criticise advertising. So it's a very difficult kind of game that we have to play when we are working with brands. And there are very few brands that we're able to work with in the way that we want to. Um, you know, having complete creative freedom, being able to write and talk about the things that matter to our audiences, not every brand is down with that. <laughs> not every brand is down with the idea of spending a bunch of money with Galdem one day and then, you know, you know, three months later, we've written a, a huge critique of capitalism and, and big business <laughs> that, that, that technically could call them into it. So advertising is a difficult arena that we play in. It, it's one where we've kind of identified the people that we want to work with. And they are, that's a finite list. There aren't very many brands that we want to work with. Um, so membership for us means that we can remain independent. It means that we are accountable to our readers and not to big brands. Um, it means that we have a closer relationship with our readers. We have the ability to speak to them and engage with them in ways that we wouldn't if they were kind of anonymous hits on the website. Um, it's definitely something that it doesn't just change the way that we think financially. It changes the way that our editors think about commissioning and the way in which we, we kind of communicate and measure our, our audience. So interesting. So there's like real legitimate editorial reasons behind this. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, completely. So... This is interesting, and, and the reason Gaudem is so interesting to me is that it's it's a chance for us to look at how a membership performs in this in this market right now. Um, you, you've touched on how many people have come to you um, through the, the significant context of the Black Lives Matter movement and, and perhaps coronavirus as well. What's your stance and strategy towards making the most of this moment and, and keeping people here for the long term? Are you worried that they're here for a very finite moment and therefore have to make the most of it? Or are you quite relaxed that, you know, they're here, they've bought into the mission and, um, you know, they'll stick around? Yeah, it's a difficult one. Like we know that the attention we received in um, June um, was exceptional. And, you know, hopefully we're not in a situation like that again, where, you know, our reporting um, is a, is a lifeline um, for people in a moment of trauma. So we know that, you know, that kind of big boom was potentially a one off. Um, so we need to make sure that the people that have kind of committed to us and have, have said, you know, I want to support you in this way, really feel like what they're doing is making a difference um, and that their money is changing something. Um, we're lucky in that the majority of our members have signed up to annual memberships, um, which means we do have a certain amount of kind of insulation and security. We know that that, that this money is coming in monthly for the next for the next um, 12 months. But it does mean um, 
for us that we kind of have a, a deadline of May next year to make sure that everyone who is a member not only is happy with their membership but wants to continue to support us for years and years and years to come. Um, so what we've been doing to kind of make sure that people do feel that real connection is um, over the course of the start of the pandemic, we really upped our communication to members. So we made sure that not only were they receiving the typical kind of weekly check-in um, from, our, from our membership officer, but they were also receiving self-care tips. Um, they were receiving kind of personalized um, essays, not just from our editors, but from significant people in our community. Um, who could write about health, wellness, self-care, um, political activism, all of the different things that, that were kind of top of um, the list of our, of our members' interests and needs during that time. And we've also had to think about how we support our members in terms of merchandise. So as I'm sure lots of other organisations do, a, a kind of perk for our members is is merch, making sure that they feel they kind of have like a physical gift um, as a thank you from Galdem for supporting us. But um, typically that would be our printed magazine, but we're having to rethink what our print magazine looks like in this environment like is it financially viable for us to produce a printed magazine does it make any sense when we know that kind of retail environments are going to be really hard hit for a very long time it's been a, a, a really difficult process of kind of thinking and, and having to be really creative and think outside of the box of, of making sure that people feel valued and feel that they have had an impact on Galdem but I think we're doing I think we're doing well. <laughs> We've been keeping an eye on churn. Um, we work with an organisation called Steady HQ um, to facilitate the payment and kind of organisation of our member data to make sure it's um, kind of safely handled. Um, and through them, we can keep an eye on, on our churn rates and make sure that we understand why people are leaving and when they're leaving and, and how, to, how to get back in touch with them and, and potentially convince them to come back. Any insights on that? Like, what does the data? What does the data say? Let me preface this by saying a lot of our members are kind of they're us, so they're young, um, and they work in the creative industries. A lot of them work in the media, um, and and lots of them um are people who have been kind of long term Galdem supporters for a while. While we did have a big influx in June of new readers and of new members, there is still that kind of strong core membership of people who who we recognise, we recognise that demographic and that and that kind of interest base. And a lot of them are signing up as and when they can support. They're freelance, they may get a big gig and they'll say, okay, this month I'm gonna support Galdem and they'll keep that subscription going for a couple of months and then they'll need to pause it or cancel it. Um, as and when their, their kind of income becomes precarious. We've also seen people kind of sign up for a three month period because they feel like, I just know I can't commit to an annual thing. So they'll sign up for three months and then leave us. What we've done to try and, and make sure that we can keep on top of that is just to constantly be in touch with our members when someone cancels or unsubscribes. We just make sure that we're, we're checking in with them and asking, you know, you know, why did you, why did you leave? What can we do to bring you back? Um, what were you dissatisfied with? What did you enjoy, etc. Um, and it mostly does come down to income, whether or not people have that disposable income to support us with, which is a difficult thing to contend with in a, in a pandemic. <laughs> we can't control um, people's access to income, but what we can do is just make sure that we are very present on their socials. We are um, using all of the outreach methods that we have via our newsletter, via our site, via PR and, and, and trying to get out there in the press as much as possible so that as and when their income returns or their confidence returns, um, they can resubscribe. Mm. That must be quite frustrating for you because there's a small fee attached to steady isn't there for every yes. sign up. so that's a battle that's a little battle you've got to it's a little it's a little um yeah it's a little payment fee battle so there's um there is the the issue with kind of all online payments of having to pay that 
that payment fee through PayPal or Stripe or whoever it is that you use, but then also through Steady HQ in return for them doing all of the hard work in terms of the admin and data protection, we pay a 10% fee for every membership through to them, which is not an insignificant amount of money at the end of every month. So we do try to communicate that to our members. When they sign up, they receive like an automated mailer that lets them know like kind of how the money is spent and um and what their income looks like to us after they after these fees have been paid um you know you can explain things and, and make things clear to someone but at the end of the day if they do or do not have the disposable income you're kind of at, at the whim of, of that rather than rather than their their best interests what we have done um is launch a donation section of the site so people can donate to Galden if they feel that they can't commit to an ongoing monthly um subscription with us but we try to focus the attention on memberships on that kind of steady consistent um income from a, from a member rather than a one-off donation which of course gives you security right so you have the steady income yeah. coming in exactly yeah, yeah. If you know your readers have sort of a propensity to come and go in that way, are you not looking at digital wallets and microtransactions as maybe an, as a more easier and casual way of getting money in for your content? Yeah, it's something that we are looking at more and more. Um, but it is a difficult one to judge the value of because of those payment fees. While the steady fee obviously isn't there for, for one-off donations, um, the benefit of, a, of of steady is it is a continual source of income. And someone does, the, the people who subscribe feel like, you know, month on month, they are getting access to more and more content that is exclusive to them as a member. We try to keep it that way. So rather than rewards for one-off donations, we make sure that the only kind of membership perks are available if you do have a continual membership. And that's because, you know, we're young um, and we need that consistent income. The spikes in membership revenue during like particular calendar moments or like news cycles that we're particularly prevalent in um, are are useful for us and are, are helpful for us. But they're difficult for us to plan around and that and it means that you know that income is kind of it's harder for us to allocate and for us to utilize in in a in a planned out way you know we can put things into savings pots for commissioning and we can and we can divert income in that way but a membership means that we always know that there is a certain amount of money coming in every month that our editors have access to and that they can use for particularly important content streams um one-off donations is is, is much harder for us to to manage and, and track mm. A question that comes to mind is how easy is it to cancel a Gaudem membership? <laughs> yeah, it's very easy. <laughs> Why? Um, and <laughs> that was really important to us, actually. Um, you know, at first, at first, we were thinking, let's just make it really hard <laughs> so that when, when we've got them, we've got them. But, you know, thinking about who our audience are and the, the, the type of organisation we're trying to be, we just need to be very transparent and open with people. Um, they need to trust us and they need to trust that their money is being put to good use. And it, it would cost us a whole load more if someone felt they were being cheated out of um, a small amount of money every month, you know, and they, they just couldn't get away from us <laughs> than, than if, you know, they cancelled and it was a really smooth and seamless process and then they can rejoin us a little bit later after you know, either their income comes back or they decide actually they like the way that we're working again, they want to support us. Um, Steady has been really useful for that because it means we don't have to handle those queries. Um, it all goes through their customer service and their platform. Um, and it, again, it's important for them as well because they want to make sure that um, people feel that they can trust this platform and that, you know, they aren't kind of being roped into something and, and, and there's a million T's and C's and difficult um, steps they have to take 
to get in and out of out of their membership um it, 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 it's a funny one isn't it you kind of want people to stay as much as you can but you can't really put barriers up um we need to make sure that they're staying for the right reason not because they can't find the the exit <laughs> it, it resonates so much with a topic we explored at our last digital journalism conference news rewired where we sort of put this up in the balance like how detrimental is it to keep someone beyond their will at, <laughs> at the news organization yeah. and the, the main takeaway was it was kind of don't hide the cancel button because you're not going to build the relationship from there mm. you know so yeah. is that kind of really in line with how you see membership that's definitely in line with 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 what we're doing you know it's like if we make it incredibly difficult for someone to cancel their membership or we put up a fight then they're never coming back you know these people we we, we speak to a young audience we speak to an incredibly um you know engaged and political audience um, and if they feel that they're being cheated somehow if they feel there isn't transparency there they're going to remember it um and, and it's so important for us that we're trusted by our community. You know, that's, that's why we do what we do. It's all about making sure that they have access to journalism that they recognise and trust. Um, and if we, you know, force them into this sort of, you know, payment uh, process over the course of a few months, you know, it's not worth us that £5 per month or that, that £9 per month um, if someone you know, hates us <laughs> and and is never going to engage with us again and, and, you know, kind of has a black mark next to our name. Final question from me, uh, Marielle. What's what's the future for the membership? What have you got planned? What's in the top? What's in the pipeline? Oh, so I mean, obviously, print twenty twenty one is a big thing for us, and we're excited to see how we can bring our members along with that. Um, we have a new podcast that we have launched, um, along with the membership, um, and what we're looking at now is making more bespoke member content like that. So giving our members exclusive access to our journalists, be that through new media types like audio and um potentially like video. But also making sure that um, we're planning for a, a non-COVID uh, future, a, a post-pandemic future, when we can bring our audience together in real-life environments. Um, digital events have been a great way to get to know members and kind of um, start them on this journey with us. But we want to be in a room with people. We want to take the temperature. We want to feel those emotions. So once it becomes safe... Um, probably not until 2021 but once it becomes safe we're looking forward to holding physical events for our members and making sure that they kind of you know have that emotional connection to us that that isn't always possible digitally been so interesting to kind of get an insight into into the membership and some of your sort of retention strategies and and the thinking behind it thanks so much for your time and insights today marielle no worries thank you so much for having me Fascinating insights there from Marielle into Gowden's membership strategy and what it means for them going forward into the future. It's demonstrated the importance of reader revenue in the times ahead, not just for making it through the tough conditions of COVID-19, but giving their members a way to support crucial reporting and also unburdening their editorial teams from the constraints that come through advertising. If you like what you heard today, you can check out all our other podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. And if you'd like to feature on the podcast, then I'd love to hear from you. Drop me an email on jacob at journalism.co.uk. But that's all we have time for. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.